Jesus, for the word that shall go forth this morning, for your power and your might. We ask you, Lord, to send the wind, the rain, the fire, and breathe on us. Open the vats of the new wine this morning, God. We are expecting a mighty outpouring of your spirit. We know, Father God, that you are here and you desire to give us the desires of our heart. Your word says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so, Father, we're standing on your word. We glorify in your word. And we thank you, God, for your mighty Holy Spirit that will teach us this morning. God, I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I am expecting that you will teach every person in this church this morning and that this word falls on good ground, good soil, and we will see the harvest in Jesus' name. You are holy, God, and I praise you for it. Thank you, Lord. So, Pastor, I'm going to have you do the communion earlier or later when we're done. And we have a visitor today, and it's good to have you here today. Thank you for coming. Praise the Lord. And his name is James Apple. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Okay, the nugget. Pastor's always good at giving me nuggets to do, so I do them a little different than he does, but everybody has their choice of how they want to do them up here, right? So don't mind this bruise. I had a tooth pulled this week, and so this is what you get when you get an IV, when you're dehydrated. Grace means, this is the nugget, grace means all of your mistakes now serve a purpose instead of serving shame. Grace means all of your mistakes now serve a purpose instead of serving shame. Knowing what you want to be and finally getting there can lead you on a wild goose chase. I'm teaching on steps for goals, amen? So the nugget was grace means all of your mistakes now serve a purpose instead of, a, of serving shame. You know, before when you would make a mistake or sin or whatever, there would be such shame with it. And what grace has done, the blood of Jesus has done for us, is we serve a purpose instead of shame. Hallelujah. We have 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all and any unrighteousness. We just have to, you know, when you first get born again, you ask God to forgive you. You open the door to him. You welcome him. You receive Jesus as your Savior. But then after, sometimes we mess up. How many know that? You know, every day we might mess up, you know, say something we shouldn't or whatever. And um, what grace does is covers that. When we ask forgiveness, we're covered. Isn't that exciting? I, I love communion because, you know, it represents the body of Christ and his blood that was shed for us and his body that was broken for us. Okay, step for goals. Knowing what you want to be and finally getting there can lead you on a wild goose chase before you actually arrive at your destination. What is needed is much patience, understanding, and maintaining your focus. Maintaining your focus. You might want to, that's not number one, but you might want to write that down. We have got to maintain our focus continually. We cannot get off 
of our focus was what the enemy will come to do is try to get you to look to the left or the right to get you to not accomplish what he's called you to do. Sometimes what he's called you to do, if we look at Abraham's life, takes years and years and years. But he kept on doing what God wanted him to do. Praise the Lord. So um, all vi dreams, visions, and goals have this in common. They have to be birthed. How many know that? Your dreams and goals have to be birthed. Your dream, vision, or goal will remain just that, a dream, vision, or goal, if you fail to travail for it. You know, pastor's been teaching on the importance of prayer. How important is prayer? You know, if you don't have the word and you don't have a prayer life, and also I'm going to add a, a praise and worship life to that, you're not going to go far. I know we've decided that... Um, every night that we're taking time. And I like um, Chris Tomlin a lot. We're gonna be doing a lot of his music. And um, we've been listening to him and it's very interesting. Both the uh, little puppies wanna get up on my lap because I'm holding the, the um, iPad that we're playing it on and they just settle right down and they're being, they're totally absorbing music. Right now, they're listening to David Ingalls every Sunday. Our house is filled with David Ingalls while we're gone. So all dreams, vision, and goals have this in common. They have to be birthed. Your dreams, visions, or goal will remain just that, a dream, vision, or goal if you fail to travail for it. In Isaiah 66, 8, if you will turn there. I'm not going to promise you that I'm going to get this sermon done today because I am not going to rush through this sermon, okay? Because it's too important. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall the nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Praise God. Hallelujah. Shall I bring the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her. All ye that love her, rejoice for joy with her. All ye that mourn for her. Praise the Lord. And so... It brings travail to birth something. It takes much prayer. When God gives you a goal and a vision, you've got to, you've, you have got to pray and pray and pray and not let go of that thing. It's very important. That's where most people miss it. Galatians 4:19. I learned how important prayer was and would be in my life as a very young Christian. Galatians 4.19. And like Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. You know, we need to realize how important it is to pray. And if you pray in English only, after a while, you run out of things to say. You know, then you get into praise, but the spirit knoweth our infirmities. 
body frailties and mind weaknesses, and he knows exactly what to pray through us in. Amen? So Galatians 4.19, My little children, for who I am suffering birth pangs until Christ is complete and permanently formed, molded within you. It says in the uh, King James, My little children, who, of whom I travail in birth until again, again, until Christ be formed in you. So he was constantly praying for those that God had placed under him. That is a pastor's job, is to take the sheep and constantly be in prayer and travail for them. So they will, what does it say here? Um, until, again, until Christ be formed in you. You know, as parents, we must be in prayer continually for our children until Christ be formed in them. And that's the rest, that's their whole life. You know, if you're a, a mother or a father of a child, you know the things that you see. Sometimes they're things you don't like. Go to God with it. Stand in prayer. I'm not moving until I see what the Word of God promises that I will have. That should be our complete thought pattern when it comes to anything or any person that we are praying for. I'm not moving. I'm not going to stop. You can't afford to stop. Amen? Listen, it's not too late to birth that dream, vision, or goal. Get into intercession, intercessional prayer and give it birth. And like Paul said, he had to continue travailing again and again and again and again. Hallelujah. Some, you know, I believe that he kept himself on course through his prayer life and through the word constantly. He kept himself in it because it was easy. Can you imagine being in a prison and in the areas where he was and the things he had to deal with and get all these ugly reports from people and have to, have to turn it away, not become dismayed, not to become fearful, but continue to travail in prayer for these people no matter what. And that's our job in this hour. Don't give up. God has more for this country. The enemy's a liar, and he's trying to lie about things, but God is greater. And we cannot give up. We cannot move off what we are believing for. Amen? So um, it's not too late to birth that dream, vision, or goal. Get into intercessor, intercessory prayer and give it birth and continue praying for it till you see the fruition of it. And even after you have a baby, a child, you continue praying for that until it completes it, it forever. You don't ever stop. Amen? In Genesis 24, 1. I'm going to talk about Abraham today. Much about Abraham. 
you know. We are the seed of Abraham. <laughs> you know, remember that song? We used to sing it in kids' church. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham, and I'm one of them, and so are you. <laughs> Let's just praise the Lord. Uh, run around, do something, and sit down. I can't remember the whole thing. So, 24.1, And Abraham was old and well-stricken in age, but the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Now, that is powerful. Didn't matter how old he was. Didn't, it, you know, it, look at, in the Amplified, it says, Now Abraham was old, well-advanced in, in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. In what? All things. Do you want to be blessed in all things? You know, you can have some of the things or you can have all of the things. That's God's promise to you. The development, okay? A, determine, determine your present position. A or number one, okay? You've got to know where you are before you can know where you are going. To do that, we must answer two questions. We've got to know where we are in a circumstance or a situation. If we're going to go anywhere, you've got to know where you are in it. And this, a lot of people don't do. Thanks, Brian, for this pen. I love it. I think I'm wearing, running out of ink in it. Um, I don't know when you gave it to me a while back, but praise the Lord. Okay, determine your present position. Number one, where am I now? Where are you spiritually? That's the number one question you need to ask yourself. Where am I spiritually? I know that the times that we're in, I find myself nightly, every night, because that's the time when I really, you know, I, I worship God and pray all day, and, and, but that's the time where I am alone, really have peace, because everybody's asleep. And I make sure I'm right before God every night. And I think every, the, the times that we're in right now, and I pray for all of you, and I pray for your families, your animals, everything that pertains for you, to you. I mean, that's the, you know, I travail for you again, and again, and again, and again, amen? So where am I now? Where are you spiritually, financially? emotionally, relational, relationally, physically, and occupationally. I'm going to read these again. Where are you, where are I, where am I now? Where are you now? now? Where are you spiritually? Are you happy with where you are spiritually? We need to be further along today than we were yesterday. We certainly need to be further along spiritually than we were last year. Amen. Amen. Financially, emotionally, relationally, physically, and occupationally. Two, what would you like to change? In all those areas you identified, what would you like to be different? So, what would you like to be different spiritually, financially? emotionally, 
relationally, physically and occupationally, what would you like to be different? You know, we have not because we ask not. And we need to sit down before God and figure these things out. Myself personally, weekly, you know, daily, weekly, and monthly, and yearly. We need to figure these things out. Only we can. Amen? Nobody else can do this for us. It would be nice. You know what? I'd like you to go out and, you know, Jesus, Jesus has already paid the price. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So we have everything that's needed to be done, done for us. Now we just need to walk in it. We need to understand and walk in it. So that's what we're getting lessons on today and understanding and how to walk in it. Okay, number two or B. Be specific about what you want. The first one was determine your present position. This one is be specific about what you want. In order to get where you want to be, you need to describe exactly what you want. In the NIV in Genesis 24, 3 and 4, um, let's go ahead and turn there a minute. This was Abraham. Um, Genesis 24, 3 and 4. Well, we may as well, let's read it all. 24, 1. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said to the eldest servant of his house, Eleazar of Damascus, who ruled over all that he had, so he went to the next person in line, the person that he trusted the most, the person that he knew he could depend on. And he said to him, I beg of you, put your hand under my thigh, and you shall swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I have settled. So he's, he's asking Eleazar, who ruled, who ruled over everything that he had. You know, we think about Joseph, who was put in charge under the Pharaoh and ruled everything, over everything. Well, here's Eleazar, and he says, Swear by the Lord God of heaven and earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of Canaanites among who I have settled. And then he goes on to say, but you shall go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. This was important for him. It was time for Isaac to have a wife. And he's saying, I do not want a wife for him out of these Canaanite people that we live, live around. I want a wife from those that my, where my family lives, and it was very important to him. 
and here's what the servant said to him, but perhaps the woman will not be willing to come along with me in this country. Must I take your son to the country from which you came? Abraham said to him, see to it that you do not take my son back there. So he's, he gave him an order and he knew that this man would do it. He had enough trust in this man to know if, if I say this to you, that you will do it. Amen? Is that what you're getting? Okay. So he says, don't get a wife for my son from the Canaanite girls. Instead, go back to the land of my relatives and get a wife for my son. We will never reach a vague goal. How many know that? You just come out there with a vague goal, you're not going to reach it because really you don't have it down right what, what you're expecting exactly. And so we're teaching on goals and visions for the church right now. And praise God. So he's saying, you'll I'm saying we will never reach a vague goal. The more specific it is, the more power it has in your life. Questions. What do I want to be? You're going to have to get before the Lord and find out what do you want to be? What is it you want to be? You know, a lot of people go after, I'm going to go after this because I can make more money in it. I'm going to, you know, they have reasons, but what do you want to be? What do I, number two, what do I want to do? Three, what do I want to have? And four, why do I want it? That is the big question right there. These three things, what do I want to be? What do I want to do? What do I want to have? And then why do I want it? And if you can't come up with the answer why you want it, then you need to go back and really take stock in what you're believing for. Amen? You just can't know the what. You need to know the why. This is your motivation. If you don't know why, you will never, you will give up when it gets tough. Trust me. If you don't know why, if you don't know what God's told you, you would absolutely give up and say, forget it. It's too hard. It's not worth it. I have notes here that of things the Lord told us. And I might read them today or I might read them next week. I do not know. But listen up. Don't go to sleep because this will help you with your future. You just can't know the what. You need to know the why. This is your motivation. If someone comes and asks you, why are you doing this? Why are you going to school for this? I remember when Laura was going to school. I asked her, why are you doing, what, what, is, what is your final desire and goal that you have for your life out of this? You don't care if I use you. And she told me. If you ask her, she can tell you what she's believing for. Has it all come to pass? No. But she's not going to stop. I pray she's not going to stop praying and travailing for it. I can't say whether she has or not. That's up to her. But she's got to keep it before her and pray and travail about it. Amen. Okay. Um, why? This is my motivation. If you don't know why, you will give up when it gets tough. And trust me, it will get tough. It will not get easier. You will get older 
and the enemy will remind you that you're older and it will get harder, but it's our job to take the word of God and study it and, and put it in, in front of God and saying, with long life, will you satisfy me? Age to God does not matter. Trust me. One of the scriptures he gave me was, and Sarah will receive strength to conceive the seed. And I thought, oh, well, that won't take too long. Well, huh. I'm 70 once and I, one, I'm still receiving strength to conceive the seed. Amen. The more I pray in tongues, the more I read the word, the more I confess it, the strength of God comes. Amen. So when Eleazar heard Abraham's goal, he started asking, what if? You know, that's the first thing most people ask. What if? We can't go on what ifs, okay? If you listen to the what ifs of your goal, you will fail because of worry and fear. And what's that one thing that, that, that Elijah was told? Do not be dismayed. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. And what ifs are full of dismay. That is the root to what if. Fear and dismay are the roots to what ifs. Amen. So, hang on. Got to turn the page. Pastor staples on one side and I staple on the other. So, praise the Lord. That's my opposites attract. You don't need to focus. Thank you, dear, for typing this. You don't need to focus on how for now because once you figure, once you figure out the why, God will show you how. He will help you to solve the problems that stand in the way of your goal. I will say this again. You don't need to focus on how for now. Because once you figure out the why, God will show you how. He will help you solve the problems that stand in the way of your goal. Now we see here that Abraham was not able to go get the wife. And so he trusted his most trusted servant, the person that was in charge of everything, to go and complete this goal. Okay? And so this servant could not have the whys or the fear or the dismay or any of it. He had to be determined. In Genesis 24, 7, it says, The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family and my birth, who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife from there for my son. So Abraham was not even concerned. He just knew, I've got to get this goal and this vision and get this gentleman to understand what his job is to do. So he's saying here, the Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family and my birth, who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife from there for my son. 
So don't concern yourself. There's an angel that's already gone before you and I've, it's, the way has already been prepared. You just walk in it. Amen? Which is powerful. That's so exciting because we, we know that when you set a goal, don't focus on the problems. Focus on the promise. Find a promise in God's word. Find three. I always look for two or three in God's word that will take you to your goal. It's God's word, the promise of God's word that is going to take you to your goal. It will keep you in line and take you to your goal. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord brought me from this land of my relatives to this land. He has solemnly promised that he would give me this land, give this land to my descendants. God is not a man that he can lie. So whatever he says in his word, it is the truth and you can stand by it. Hallelujah. So when you set a goal, don't focus on the problems. Focus on the promise. Find promises in God's word that will take you to your goal. This is what Abraham does with Eleazar, his servant. He starts to worry about accomplishing the goal he has given. Abraham tells Eleazar about the promise he received from God. Let's look at this and again in, in 24-7. I'm going to use a different interpretation. Heal God, send an angel before you so that you can find a wife. Therefore, my son, we don't need angels. God is always, always with us whether we feel it or not. You just need, each one of us need to plug into the power. Where's the power come from? The word, the word and the Holy Ghost. Thank God. So we just have to plug in. You know, it's like this heater works because it's plugged in. If we unplug it, it's not going to work unless we have a miracle here. Amen? So the size of, the size of your God determines the size of your goal. How big is your God? I mean, how big is your God? Is your God a God that can do anything and everything, like he said? Do you believe that? Do you have any doubt in your heart in this? Because God is, God is a big God. He knows the hairs on every one of our heads. That, to me, is phenomenal. You know, when you lose one, he knows it. Amen? So, we don't have to concern ourselves. And godly goal setting always starts with a promise. Praise the Lord. Don't look at your limitations. Look at the promises of God. Don't look at your limitations. That doesn't matter to God. He knows how to get you through it, even if there are natural limitations. Amen? You look at the promises of God. What promise I, can I claim? Like I said, I do two or three. With 7,000 promises, you can prepare your destiny. Thank you, Lord. Okay, D or three. Ask God to help you. In Genesis 24, 12, 
And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray you cause me to meet with good success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. So he's asking God, he says, God of my master Abraham, <laughs> cause me to meet with good success today. You know, you could take this prayer, you could take this scripture out for yourself every day. Cause me to meet with good success today. I don't like failures, okay? And show kindness to my master Abraham. This is, this is my master's greatest desire is to find the perfect wife for his son. Because this, this woman is going to be by my son's side while he takes on the land. And that's, that's powerful. Who you marry will determine how much you can do. I'm going to say this to the singles. Whom you marry will determine how much of God's plan will get done in your life. So it's very important that you know everything you can about who you are marrying. You need to, you need to meet their mother. You need to meet their father. You need to, meet, need to meet their siblings. You need to know everything about them that you can. Very important. Okay? That's why you get a stacks of books. This, how high is it? So high when you go come to marriage counseling. So you're prepared. You are totally prepared and know what you're getting into. Amen? All right. Um. Please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master. See, he knew he was, his master was important. Do, being given this commission by his master was so important to this man that he wanted to do that. There was so much love that he had for Abraham. And he knew the God of Abraham will cause this to take place. No matter what it looks like, our God will cause things to take place for us. Once you have found your promise in God's word, pray and ask God for success, just as Eleazar did. It is, really, is it really okay to pray for success? Yes, if you aren't praying for success, what is the alternative? Failure? You know, really think about it. Are you going to pray for God to make you a failure? Eleazar clearly shows us that it's okay to ask God for success in accomplishing a goal as long as the motive is right. You know, there are so many Christians that are afraid to pray for success. They think it's wrong. They think that it's just, just go through every day and just whatever happened, what, whatever Maybe, maybe, you know, Doris Day used to sing a song, K Sarah, Sarah. That's not how it works, folks. God has plans for us, and He wants them and us to be successful in everything we do. He doesn't see, he doesn't see failure. Once you're His child, and you belong to Him, and you, through Jesus Christ, He does not see failure in your lifespan. 
He sees success, and that's a promise. Hey, you might go through hard time, but the end of it, there is great success. Just keep your eyes on the Lord. Amen. So we see that because um, I've had many people that don't understand that God wants you to be, they think it's wrong. They think it's wrong for a Christian to be successful. That's ridiculous. It's more of a, it's, it's more of a witness to, to the unbeliever for a Christian to be success than for a Christian to be unsuccessful. Amen. You know, your word, what comes out of your mouth, your word is the most important thing you have. That's how people judge you. Are they honest? You know, I think one of the things on the sign is integrity, established love, exercising faith, developing in virtue, and walking in integrity. Don't you love the sign? I thought, they, I think, I thought Pastor and them did a great job. And the one on the door, praise the Lord. Okay, let's see. Um, when success... When success helps people and honors God, praying for success does not become a selfish act. So our success should always help people and honor God. You might want to write that down. Very important. God needs to get the glory. Amen. And I'm going to be honest with you. People that don't give God the glory do not become as successful as people that do. I've seen it time and time again. People that are not selfish and are giving are much more successful in everything they do. It's just the way God works. He's a giver. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It means to good, it is the means to good testimony. In fact, here in the Bible, here is what the Bible says. So let us come boldly in, in Hebrews 4.16. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God that there we will receive mercy and find grace to help us when we need it. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it. Genesis 24, you'll find that Eleazar prayed during his entire mission. In verse 12, it says, and he said, O oh God, give my master Abraham, I pray you again, and cause me to meet with good success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. So he had his eye on complete success and show goodness to my master. So we see how, how important this is. I just go wild when I hear this. He's prays on, he prays before he starts in verse 15. Let's look at that. Before he had finished speaking, behold, out came Rebecca, who was the daughter of Bethel. Well, I'm going to go up to 14, okay. Um, 
no, let's go to 13. See, I stand here by the well of the water and the daughters of men of the city are coming to draw water. And let it be that the girl to whom I say, I pray, you let down your jar that I may drink. And she replies, drink, and I will give your, and I will give your camels drink also. Let her be the one whom you have selected and appointed and, I, and indicated for your servant Isaac to be a wife to him. And be it, I shall know that you have shown kindness and faithfulness to my master. Praise the Lord. Kindness and faithfulness to my master. Before he had finished speaking, behold, out came Rebekah, who was the daughter of Bethel, Bethuel, son of Malka, who was the wife of Nahar and brother of Abraham with her water jar on her shoulder. And the girl was very beautiful and attractive, chaste and modest and unmarried. And she went down to the well, filled her water jar and came up. And the servant ran to meet her. He said, I pray you, let me drink a little water from your water jar. Now, do you know what a lot of people would say? Are you kidding me? But let's see what she says to him. And she said, drink, my Lord. And she quickly let down her jar un under her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had given him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they finish drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trowel and ran again to the well and drew water for the camels. The man stood gazing at her in silence, waiting to know if the Lord had made his trip prosperous. And when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold earring or nose ring or half a shekel in weight of half a shekel in weight and for her hands, two bracelets and 10 shekels in weight of gold. Shekels, I'm sorry. So we see here that when we're, um, he prays and starts in verse 15, he prays after he arrives. And in verse 52, he prays on front of Rebecca's family. Let's look at verse 52. So. Are you praying about your goals? Are you praying about your future? Are you praying about your dreams? Or are you just kind of keeping them to yourself? Hallelujah, 52. And when Abraham's servant heard the words, he bowed himself to the ground. Um, let's see, I'm getting ahead of myself. I am really sorry. Hang on a second. In 52, he, and when Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. Rebekah is before you. Take her and go and let her be the wife of your master's son. The Lord has said. So let's go on. Your prayers reveal a couple of things. First, they reveal how serious you are about your goals. If you don't pray about them, you really don't care about them that much. That's the truth. 
If you only pray about them once, they are not a desire, they are just a whim. Now I know in here it says, let's see. The other things you prayers reveal is how much you are depending on God to reach your goals. How much are you depending on God to reach your goals or can you, are you going to do it your way? I know when I do it my way, I usually get stuck somewhere and it's, it usually, I usually have to go back and redo it. The other things your prayers reveal is how much are you depending on God to reach your goals. If you never pray about your goals, never pray about your job, never pray about your finances, you're not depending on God in any of those areas. The more you depend on God, the more you'll pray. That is the truth. You might want to write this down in big, bold letters. The more you depend on God, the more you are going to pray. So determine to present your position, decide what you want, find three promises from God to hold on to. I, I, you can find a promise, but I find three. Claim it, then ask God for help. Identify the barriers, okay? That's number five or E. Genesis 24, 5. Let's look at it again. And we're hopping around Genesis 24 a lot here. The servant said to him, But perhaps the woman will not be willing to come along with me to this country. Must I take your son to the country from which you came? What if the woman does not want to return with me to this land? Have you reached your goal already? What are the barriers, obstacles, and roadblocks in the way? It may be financial problems. You know, I will tell you honestly, for everything you want, it's going to take finances. How many know that? How many know that? It's, you know, you'd be crazy not to realize it. For everything that you want or need, you're going to need finances. It just doesn't come dropping out of the air except in the children in Israel when they got the manna and the quail, okay? Because they already had all the gold and silver from the um, Egyptians. So they already had all the money they needed. They, they were out in the wilderness. They needed food. <laughs> they needed food and water out there, okay? And God provided it, okay? So let's go on. What are the barriers, obstacles, and roadblocks in your way? Financial problems. For some people, it's an emotional barrier. A lot of people sabotage their own success because they think they are not worth it. That is a big one. You cannot imagine how many people that I've had in my office telling me that they're not worth it. Who says you're not worth it? Who is telling you that you're not worth getting blessed by God? That certainly isn't God. That's the devil, amen? Or it's what you've heard all your life. You're stupid. You can't do it. Whatever. Well, I'm here to tell you, you are, if you're born again, you're in a new family. That old family is not your family. That, that just, that's not your new family is the family of God. And all the blessings are in the family of God, amen? So 
could be an emotional barrier. A lot of people sabotage their own success because they think they're not worth it. Whatever the barrier, whatever the barrier is, identify it. You've got to identify it. You've got to come down and identify the circumstance and the situation. This is the job. If you're helping people, you have got to get them to the point where they can identify what the problem is. What is holding you up? What do you think is holding you up? Okay. Uh, Genesis 24, Eleazar's barriers were to find a wife for Isaac. Go to a country he'd never been at, never been there, and find the right woman he never met. Then convince her to return with him to marry a complete stranger and convince her parent to let her go. Call it Mission Impossible. He'd never been there. He has to find the right woman who he's never met. <laughs> Think about this. Never met the woman. Hang on. Then convince her to return with him to marry a complete stranger and convince her parent to let her go. <laughs> Create a step plan, a step-by-step -step plan. That's number, whatever number we're on, this is F. Okay, you've got to create a step-by-step -step plan, okay? Psalms 20, verse 4. Let's turn there. And you might want to keep your hand in Genesis. Hand, I just put the calendar in it. For 20, verse 4. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all, not some, but all of your plans. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. Glory to God. How powerful is that? May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. In 24, Genesis 24, 12 through 14, I warned you, so. And he said, O God of my master Abraham, I pray you cause me to meet with good success today and show kindness to my master. He had to keep that ahead of him constantly. I mean, as he traveled to a place he'd never been to, he, I, it was like to me the woman that had the issue of blood, she kept saying, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. She had one goal, one vision in her mind. I've got to get there. God help me to get there so I can touch this garment. That is how when we have a goal and a desire and a purpose, that is how strong we need to be in that. Amen? Okay. Um, and then 20 through 24, what did I say? No, 14, I'm sorry. 13, see I stand here at the well of water and daughters of men in the city come to draw water and so let it be that the girl to whom I pray, you let your 
let down your jar that I may drink. And she replies, so he knew what his goals and desires were. He created a step-by-step -step plan. This is what this woman is going to do. Okay. He, that was a desire of his heart. Then Eleazar prayed in 22, 24. 24, 22, and 24. Oh God of my master Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside this spring. This is my request. When a young, young got it. When a woman came to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a little water to drink from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink, and I will draw for your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Now listen to this. Camels drink a lot of water because they have to store it. So think about this. That means the woman would have to draw 20 to 40 gallon of water. That is commitment. I will go and draw this water for your camels. So what he was asking the Lord, or what he was saying to the Lord, what was part of his plan, in the natural would seem impossible that a woman who he didn't even know would draw that much water for his camels. Think about this a little bit. You know, God does the impossible, super abundantly above all that you could dare ask or think. And that's where we have to be. And he said, camels drink a lot of water. Like I said, 20 to 40 gallons of water. Was she willing to help someone in need? and would go the extra mile. The plan worked. The woman Rebecca did as asked. She was willing to go the extra mile. As you make plans to overcome your barriers and achieve your goals, I want you to ask two questions. Number one, how long do I intend to get there once I know what my goal is? And how long will it take? The second question will determine your schedule, your deadlines, and your timetable. This will help you determine your course of action. Now, one thing God told us, and we have it written down on paper years ago, that our ministry would bloom forth, and it's in Isaiah 61, and I'm not going to read it today because we don't have time but I will read it to you and you will understand. Written goals will help direct your plan. Successful people will make sacrifices to put in the time of pre preparation. So successful people will make sacrifices to put in the time of preparation. You either drift through life or you can be directed. Which one do you want? You want to be a drifter or a directed? Hallelujah. You can be directed through life by taking the time to think through where God wants you to be. Praise or do. What does God want me to be? Or what does he want me to do? Nothing great. Oh, let's go G. Be patient and persistent. And I'm going to stop in a second definitely not going to get through this today I can guarantee it okay be patient and persistent how many of you have, have been having your patience <laughs> 
and your stamina. You've been dealing with that. Amen. So we're going to go to Habakkuk. I know that's not something you read all the time. Good old Habakkuk. Getting back to the end of the Old Testament. Past Jeremiah. Past Ezekiel. Come on. Past Daniel. Keep going. Wow, we're going back here. I want to get you the right scripture here. Two, three. Back at 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. I'm going to read it out of the... Um, for the vision in the Amplified is yet for an appointed time and it hastens to the end fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it because it will surely come and it will not be behind, it will not be behindhand on its, on its appointed day. So we need to realize that we cannot allow ourselves to give up, become discouraged, disappointed, deceived. We've got to know that it, it has to come to pass. We need to wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Hallelujah. And if anybody waited a long time, Abraham did. How many know that? Okay. This won't happen right away. Things won't happen right away. Do not despair. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Nothing great is ever accomplished without persistence and patience. How many know that? The people who succeed in life are the people who are willing to do what they don't feel like doing. I'm going to say it again. There's a lot of stuff that I don't feel like doing. I can tell you right now. But because the word says that I'm to do it, I do it. A lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, we're all that way. We can make up an excuse for everything. But are we going to do the word or are we not going to do the word? Amen. Hmm. The people who succeed in life are the people who are willing to do what they don't feel like doing. They establish their goals and plans according to God's will. Eleazar was patient and persistent. He did not 
make, he didn't make snap judgment. He wasn't impulsive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this out and then we're going to have communion, okay? Praise God. In Genesis 24, 21, without saying a word, he watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made her, his journey succeed. Then he said, invite me to your house for dinner. He did not eat until he had spoken. In the NIV, I will not eat until I have told what I have to say. He is focused. If you are going to reach your goals in this life, sometimes there will be delays. Do you think he was hungry? Sure he was. There will be delays. You will have to do the tough things instead of the pleasurable things. Most don't want to delay gratification. That's why they are in debt. They want it and want it now. And if they can't afford it, then they put it on their credit cards. This is important. A lesson to be learned, any goal is worth achieving is going to have obstacles in the way. If it's worth achieving, it's going to have obstacles in the way. When you find yourself in God's waiting room, just be patient and persistent. The vision is for an appointed time and it will always be fulfilled. Hallelujah. I hope you got something out of this part of the sermon so far. This is a promise. This is God's promise to us. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed, if I could, please. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and you have, you know, the Bible says in John chapter 3, Jesus said you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And... The man said to him, how can I go back into my mother's womb? That's impossible. And Jesus said, you must be born again by the Spirit. And so if you're here today and you can honestly say, I do not remember a time where I know that I know that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You know, some churches say they do it all the time. This is a one-time deal. Mine was on November 7th, 1971 at 12.03 p.m. I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I was born again that day, and it was a settled fact. If you've never, if you cannot remember, you don't have to remember the date, but if you cannot remember a time that that happened to you, raise your hand, please, if you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. or I will ask you another question. I will tell you, I go out on the streets witnessing and every person that's been born again can tell me where it happened. They might not be able to tell me the date, but they can tell me where it happened and they can explain to me how it happened, who it was. It's very, you know, it's very interesting. I was in Sunday school at the age of whatever. Okay, another thing, if you have backslidden, that means you've fallen away from God. He's not first place in your life anymore. And you want to turn to him. Again, remember where um, Paul said, 
I am travailing again. And so if you're in that position and you want to rededicate your, li your life to the Lord, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Just raise your hand and we'll pray with you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Okay, let's all pray this prayer together. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I need to come back to you, Jesus. Your word says that if I confess my sin, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I shall be saved. So Jesus, this very day, I've already received you, but I'm asking you to forgive me for anything. But I'm asking you to forgive me for anything that has separated us. I'm coming back to you today, and I thank you that you are receiving me with open arms. I am now your child, and I have no desire to go back into the world. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I thank you, Jesus, that I'm born again. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm on my way to heaven. And everyone said amen. It is, if you want to write it down, today is the, I always tell people to write this down so the devil cannot have a field day with them. It is the 14th of August, and it is 11.47 a.m. So write it on a piece of paper in your Bible. If you have one with you, write that down and put born again or rededicated my life. Pastor, if you would come here, and we will receive congratulation to the one that rededicated their life to the Lord. If we will receive communion, the way we do it is um, pastor will come on up here. The emblems are here. He will read scripture. If my helpers will come up, that will be great. He will receive scripture and uh, pray over this. And then he will anoint you with oil. If you need healing or prayer or anything, you receive it at this time because we are partaking of the blood and the bread. Hallelujah. Pardon? We all and we all receive it together. So, we, Terry, you'll help with the line, correct? And so just follow her, and we take it together. Pastor will tell us when to um, eat the bread and then drink the grape juice. Hallelujah. Okay. You need my mic? No. Okay, no. Okay, we're just going to read a scripture here from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, Paul says, beginning in verse 23, For I have received the Lord, which was also de delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, he saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye off as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. So glory to God. Um, this is something we, this is a remembrance of what he did. And it goes on and says, um, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. And we have examined ourselves already, so we're all ready to participate. So if you have a little music, we'll go ahead. Temptation of Jesus' body. It has the stripes on it, the holes, the dark spots showing the bruises. And through the pain, the hurt that Jesus endured on his body, he said he would give us wholeness, good health. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks that by Jesus' stripes we're made whole and healed. We receive this in Jesus' name. And the cup to which we hold in our hands. He said this was the New Testament. A covenant that he's made with us. That by his blood that we are cleansed from all sin. And we are now part of his family. We thank you, Lord, that we've been blood washed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Finish up.